welcome back to where the pavement ends welcome 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 welcome, welcome. glad to have you all clay Hello. Belding. Clay Belding. yep i'm here alex crosby here present and accounted for we uh We've talked about some big game stuff. We've talked about some other stuff. Let's get to the uh, soup and potatoes, as they call it. Soup and potatoes, not meat and potatoes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's soup and potatoes. <laughs> it can be. I guess. It's maybe good was, soup. Maybe if you have no teeth. Right. I was yeah. thinking maybe soup to nuts. I don't know what I was trying to think of there. Soup to nuts, soup into potatoes. You, if you had clam chowder soup, then there's potatoes in there. Maybe if we had snacks at the... Uh, we do right here. Jack Link, sweet habanero. Low blood any, sugar. Any teriyaki? Not in here right now. I want to talk about coyote hunting today. Coyote hunting. You want to talk about coyote hunting? Maybe. Pred- well, how was your week first? Pred- how was your week? I had a pretty uh, pretty good week, you know. Uh, Corona vision still kind of <laughs> not not a fun time to be alive, but for all things considered, pretty good. What the heck did I do all week? Worked, I guess. What about you? Uh, edited up, not all the way, but Chance's elk hunt from last year. Still. Were we in Chico this week or was that last week? That was last this week. week. Last week? It doesn't matter. I don't even remember. Anyway. No, yeah, we we went down earlier into Chico. Had to do some photo shoots with Rocky. That California. was the end of last week, but they all just kind of, yeah. California waterfowl. Banded some ducks. Banded some ducks. Hey. Got some new... Uh, some new scopes that Vortex is coming out with. Had to take some photos and videos of that. I almost forgot about those. Not scopes, but yeah, spotting, spotting yeah, scopes. Spotting scopes. So those are good. They turned out really good. I'm sure that will go very far for them. <clears throat> and then edited up some footage this week. And then last night we had a little call rib cook-off since our the normal one in Sparks got canceled, right? Okay, I'll bite. Who won? Well, this is where I'll jump in. Oh. <laughs> so teams were me and Clay, but Clay was late to the party, so Heather, my wife, I was working. helped a lot, so we kind of had a trio. And then uh, a couple of Chad's friends, um, Andrew and... Jared. Jer- no, no, Jared was on his own. Jared was on his own, Jared Andrew had- was on his own, and then Chad and Jimmy were on. Oh, okay, and then Jim Ray, yeah. So basically kind of almost like four teams, but Andrew brought brought over an actual smoker, something that it looks like it was built in about 1980. And he brought over from Guam. Yeah, yeah. so he does it kind of this old school style, and he had a couple of, couple of recipes, kind of a Polynesian type recipe. I did a St. Louis um, spicy so we mixed that up. We did our own own little uh, yeah. twist on it on the end. And Chad and Jim, they kind of tinkered around with theirs a little bit too. So we set it up. We had four four taste testers: Uncle Mel, Les Nesbit, uh, Ashley, and was who was the fourth? No, Pat was kind of observing it. He was the quality control. I don't remember who the fourth was. Uh, who was the fourth? But anyways, had four of them, and so they they numbered the ribs one, two, three, and four, and we got tasted all them ones. in order. And we were we were number four, and right when they came out the door, I just kind of had a feeling, and sure enough, we won. Everyone, you should said have seen Jim four. Ray. J- Jimmy was pissed. What, oh my what God. was the? Uh, w- w- I'm not much of a cooker, uh, but what was what was it that made it spicy? If you don't mind divulging your secret, cayenne. Ooh. 
So uh, you did red, a dry, red, you, red pepper flakes a you, little bit too. You did a dry rub, dry and rub, then, and then did you? Were you guys allowed to use sauce or was it no sauce? You could do sauce. You could do sauce, but dry rub ribs. But I I do a little bit at the end. That's where I came in. Clint did the dry rub, and then his recipe called for soaking it in apple juice for the last couple hours when you after you wrap it. But I don't do that. Would you soak it in? That's, that's that's special. That might be the proprietary part no, of it. Don't that's, worry, no one's listening. That's no what, one's listening yet. <laughs> so it did. It had a little don't sweet. Don't call him the best it. color man in the business for nothing. <laughs> it had a little sweet in it, but also had just that little bit of spice, but uh, not overpowering at all. Heather does not like spicy stuff at all, and she liked them. So, and we got all number ones on our old number four. It was across unanimous. So mm-hmm. Chad and Jimmy, they didn't. They didn't even. They weren't fun. The rest of the night. Pissed because they lost. Uh, yeah, were, were, Andrew. How were the 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 Guam ribs? I'm curious. Were they? He did a teriyaki one in kind of a in a like a clone like, like a, a shot. Rib. It was a dry rub. No, there was a dry rub one, and it, it, they both. My critique on his was there was too much smoke. I think he cooked them from raw all the way up in that smoker and Uh-oh. i i mean i'm not i'm not much of a chef either but i think if he would have boiled or or you know baked them or something and got them halfway there and then smoked them for the second half because that to me was just the smoke was overpowering yeah, on his other they were cooked really well but there was too much smoke taste what what place did chad and jimmy take if you don't mind me asking did it, they redid it was winter take oh, all no there yeah. was not, but it. i believe they said three three of the four people had them like they were the next best like uh, he, uh, Pat asked kind of you know what's what's your other favorite and I think three out of the four said uh, said Chad and Jim's and, so. and are there any left for today for leftovers there might be yeah hmm. None, but, of, but, none of ours. Yeah, none of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the lesser ribs might be out yeah. there still. Well, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, so we won that. And You're not going to tell us what the uh, secret ingredient is, huh? It's raw something. Agave. <laughs> you coughed too much. What it's was it? Agave. Ah. Pure raw agave. W- w- that you mix with, because isn't that kind of slimy? It, or not slimy, like, almost but like syrup. Like, yeah, so you, do you just mix it with any? No. Nothing. Mm. Just halfway that through, rubbed it on there. Tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agave tip. is awesome to put on ribs after so, you wrap them, not originally. So after a you quick, because I am not a good cooker, as I said earlier. Uh, yeah, that's not even what you call it. I know. So, so <laughs> quickly, you boiled them. Uh, our recipe, you want to go through it? No, no, no. We, I don't, don't want to go we through put them the on, whole... Yeah, uh, we, we put them on the Traeger raw. Okay, so you did them raw? Low smoke? smoke with, yeah. with, with the rub already on them yes. at that point? Yes, okay. yes. So low Dry, smoke. Low smoke for two hours. Okay. Take off. Wrap them, triple wrap them in... That, and at that point, you cover them in agave. Yes. Not cover, in, in not the cover foil. but yeah. You, in the you, foil, you, triple wrap in foil, right. and then back on for two hours. And then you put the meat side down in that agave so it kind of sits in, inside that sauce. So wrapping them does what? Keeps the moisture. Ah, and the agave then mm-hmm, Just really. soaks mm-hmm. into that meat. And it also... But you know, already have the dry heat and the, the spice from right. the dry rub on the inside already cooked in there with the smoke. Where they fall off the bone tender. Mm-hmm. And we were worried because when you do competition ribs, if they if the bones fall out of the meat, you lose. It's I mean, it's a fine line. And the very the, we had some thicker ones and some, and some uh, you know, Sm- the smaller, smaller end, end yeah. of them. And the smaller ends, I pulled one off and the bone came out. And I was like, mother, 
Oh mm-hmm. God, we lost. But the other in the middle, they were middle is absolutely perfect. And and the other thing that the that, gold. Uh, the other thing that that agave or even the apple juice does. So it's sitting there and it renders down that meat, and that's mm-hmm. what gets it that perfect mm-hmm. kind of that pink. You know, it gets that perfect rib meat. What uh, are you guys ready for the best of the West Nugget Rib Cookoff? Then, if we get it back, yeah, I think I'm going to go get my get my challenge on with. Big Daddy, what's it? What's it? Bone Daddy. My Bone Daddy. He's won it like nine hundred times. He's awesome. I like the uh, Aussies too. <laughs> Those of you that are not from the Reno area, if you ever travel here for the Rib Cookoff, it's over Memorial Day. It's, yeah, but not this year. It's canceled. Not, not this Corona. Coronaville killed it this year, like everything else. But it is an unbelievable event. Very cool event for downtown. Thirty, Sparks. forty thousand people a day go through, and just there's got to be twenty different. Rib vendors from oh, or barbecue that. vendors, isn't from across it, the U.S. It's probably more Europe. like a hundred, isn't there? Twenty? They they kind of limited. I mean, I, there might be more than twenty. I, I think I'm I trying think, to think of that row. You know, you got them going down both sides of Victoria, and then you got some offshoot. Maybe thir- there's not. A, I, think, I don't think there's a hundred. There's yeah. maybe thirty, yeah, but from all over. I mean, all there's guys from Jamaica, guys from Australia, you know, St. Louis. Got local guys, Texas, Texas. I mean, yeah. Memphis. Very uh, cool event if you haven't been. Yeah, and and it's Burning Man, right? So it's Burning Man. They get out of there on Monday, or a lot of them leave on Sunday, and they show up to the rib cookoff on that. Yeah. Isn't that the same weekend? Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, at the end on the front end or back end. Back end, yeah. Back end, yeah. So that day is real busy. Yeah, that Monday is pretty. pretty Sunday and Monday, yeah. The whole thing's pretty busy. I I did the uh, I did a trailer there last year for ice cream, and it's nuts. It's just people non-stop people it's it's pretty cool to see it was sad to hear that it was canceled this year but everything no need to dwell on that let's dwell on being 96 we have something to look forward to which is coyote hunting 96 degrees <laughs> yeah it's 96 degrees now but literally the last thing i would do today would be <laughs> coyote, coyote coyote coyotes do they make camouflage shorts yeah and socks i got bit by a yellow jacket on last week so aren't you allergic no, but it still itches from a week later. That just came up because it itched right when I said shorts and coyote hunting and thinking of foxtails. Bugs. And <laughs> bugs and sweating. Scorpions. But come August, yes. August, we're going to hit a couple early. Only can do early. I hate right. during the middle of the day. Well, August typically, you know, maybe go do a little scouting and yeah. or hunting and calling. and Yeah. Seems to be August is about when we start. And we get to hunt antelope with chance so we'll be out right did we ever call last year on your tag clint i don't think we did did we not on clint's but you guys did on chance's elk scout that's right that's right no no success no luck right we different that's a different part of the country yeah it's totally different it'd be interesting to get a if anyone up there hunts coyotes and see what their success rates like because boy we sure did not have any luck never even saw one you I guess we heard some that first morning when we got up, which made us feel good about it. And then we called five or six really good stands and nothing. I don't know. Contest right before there. <laughs> right. Well, River. if you remember, right, we walked out to that one that we thought was the best stand. Remember what we found on the ground? Oh, yeah. Dead coyote. No, no, no the, the, shooting, the shooting sticks. Oh, that's right. And well, they, they had not been laying there for very long, so it you know, very likely could have gotten called along through there, too. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. We also remember found that skull on that. I thought that was the best stand, that one that oh, that's right. was back up. That's why I was yeah. thinking that, that skull. Remember, when were you on that trip back up from Vegas from SHOT Show when we called? We didn't come up. 95, we went around. Yeah. And we were calling some of the best stands ever. 
in a and, PO. Remember? Yeah. It was awesome. And then we stopped to get gas and he was like, oh yeah, I just put a contest on yesterday. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, we, no wonder. He says, oh, the coyote hunting's great. We just had a contest yesterday. <laughs> oh, awesome. We'll so, head back home. Yeah, we'll I, go home I think that was the first time we, we came home from Mexico, wasn't it? Was it I Mexico? Thought, I think it was. Maybe. Maybe Mexico. I think we decided to go up that way through Vegas. Maybe it was after shot. I don't remember. But yeah, that's always funny. So I remember with you, the one of the very first times we went coyote hunting, just, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, you had a name for your gun. Kelly? Old Kelly. Old Kelly. God, I missed that gun. And we always name it. I mean, I have names for my stuff too, but why Kelly? Uh, <laughs> not safe for work <laughs> discussion. No, uh, I, I think it was a heavy barrel and did you have a fat girlfriend named Kelly? I don't, I can't remember. I don't ever, I don't remember why I named that gun that, to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, but it was a good gun, man. A big, heavy barrel, 223 and uh, is that your favorite round 223 I, I liked it for a long time um, and then uh, when you cited in that one 22 250 that that uh, heavy barrel savage I've, I've, I've never shot another one since that that 22250 I liked it before I like 204 you know um, but in Nevada, the wind's going to blow most of the time you're out there. And I think, you know, not that you're, not that you're shooting so far, but you know, if you miss by a little, a little bit with a small caliber, you, you know, the, the, the results are not going to be there. You're going to have a wounded animal or something like that. So I, I, I used 204 for a long time. And then, um, then I went to 223, which really because of that gun, you know, it just happened to be that, that we got that gun from, um, Legacy. Andy, yeah, at a Legacy Howa, and uh, but man, it was just a tack driver. And it was. I remember. I mean, you've always been a good shot. I mean, I've seen you make shots that are, <laughs> you know, unbelievable shots. So it's a lot of luck. A lot of luck. A lot but, of luck. But then when you when that we got that Savage, oh my God, that thing is just is. and and the 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 scope's been changed changed on it twice now. I think it it. Was always fitted with us with the suppressor, or not? I think when we first got no, it, originally it was no. not. Yeah, so it's a lot of things have changed on it in the five or six or seven years that and I've been you're shooting still it. Tack driving it, dude. It's cra- like a lot of people and and myself included. Sometimes you tinker with a gun and it's not literally that thing is it's and it is just you put the crosshairs on something with that, it's done. And with that round. I mean, it's what three, four hundred yards, pretty, pretty comfortably, you know, with which is way more than we'll ever use. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, if if one's like that sick dog, you know, that, yeah. that was out there quite a ways, popped him. A couple other ones that I can think of, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm usually it's a hundred yards in, so yeah, hundred yards and in, and, and especially on a coyote. I mean, with the coyote kill zone being five inches, I mean, underneath that fur, when you if you've ever skinned one out, you know what I'm talking about, but. It's five, six inches. Yeah. I mean, at the thickest part, maybe. So, yeah. You, <laughs> you got to be a damn good shot. Right. And that's why I was saying with the 223, it's, I mean, if you hit them perfect, you know, even if they hit them in a heart or a double lung shot, they're still running coyotes. 
I mean, they're the, tough. The, what do they say? When, when the world ends, coyotes and cockroaches yep. will be left. They'll be the only ones left. So they are tough. I mean, everybody has those horrible stories about a bad coyote and having to chase them down and, you know, you know, don't need to get into that gruesome stuff, but they've, their will to survive is unbelievable. So if you hit them any bad, you might not find them. Right. So with a small, fast bullet like a 223, it can go in and out of them and not be able to expand and leave a hole, which they probably will die eventually, but you might never find them. Right. And that's well, what I think we found, right, was that and even, even playing with the different grains later yeah. on, yeah, it was like they just, they, the, the, if you hit them perfect, you would find them, skin them, and there would be, you know, two pencil size holes. Yeah. Which a lot of guys like for skinning purposes, but at the end of the day, they're sewing that stuff up. Any, I mean, you're not, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want massive exit wounds on things, but, you know, that, the ones that you don't, aren't able to retrieve, or like you said, we don't need to get into it, but the spinners and stuff like that, I, I got, it didn't happen a lot, but it happened enough that where, yeah. you know, it was, I got, I didn't want to shoot that, that caliber anymore. And personally, when I'm watching us hunt or, you know, other guys hunt coyotes and watching their footage, I want to see a coyote tip over. Mm-hmm. I don't, let alone the, the ethical, moral, clean shot kill and just be done. But just to see it, I don't want to go run off and see it. The, the kill shot for him just to tip over, you know, if he's face on you or anything, just to drop. That's what I like to see. Yeah. I don't want to see a coyote out 400 yards and you might hit him and he spins off and runs and you go find him. I don't like that. Right. I agree. So, and with a coyote, I mean, with the 22-250 versus the 223, I think there's just a little bit more chance, uh, forgiveness, I guess. I was going to say. You can hit him a little bit worse with the 22-250 than 223 and still get away with it a little bit more. Right. And um, like you said, you're talking, you're talking fractions of an inch for a miss. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You, you back just a little bit is, you know, you've now, now you're having a bad experience, which is, you know, nobody wants that. But the cool thing now though, is from when we started doing, you know, filming whatever it was 12 years ago, well, we were filming before that 15 years ago for Freddie with devil dogs, but the technology in the ammo from then to now is amazing yeah so the 223 ammo actually now is insane so there's a new round that federal came out with that i'm going to try out of that new ar that i just got done doing and putting that one to 10 vortex on that one that me and jared coded. that's going to probably be my go-to gun i'll carry that and the shotgun see and that's that I and you can keep with the betsy whatever you want to call this new one right I, I get yeah. I never named that one. I guess because it's really your son's gun that I shoot. I don't know what I'm going to do when he gets a little bit older. <laughs> uh, that was, I guess, part of the conversation that we missed. I we don't typically use an AR-15 or hadn't over the years. You know, basically because our our sponsorship, you know, was they didn't have one, yeah. and now we do. I mean, I've personally, you know, off the, you know, for fun, hunted with an AR-15, and we've done it a few times, but. Uh, that's that's a good point is if we're going to go to that platform, which is a discussion to have somewhere down the road, too, is if you prefer a bolt versus a, an AR and all the technology that's changed there. But, yeah, is it might be back to a 223. And, you know, it, it definitely a lot of the guys you watch and, and a lot of guys that hunt coyotes religiously, that's all they shoot now. And, I mean, 
I guess it's part of having more rounds to back up missed shots and things like that. But also, you know, they're they're thousand yard, you know, two twenty three hour fifteens out there now, which I don't know. You don't need that, but at yeah. the same time, your your principle is if you can hit something at a thousand, you can definitely hit something at a hundred. You know, yeah. so if you've got a gun that you can shoot out to a thousand and you're really comfortable with it and all that, then so yeah, it'll be interesting this year to to see that gun. Uh, that you guys Cerakoted and all that, you know, with that new scope. I, I'm looking forward to that scope. A 1 to 10 scope on an AR-15. It's insane. We're slowly getting off the topic of round choice, but I, I'm excited for that thing. And I like, um, it's so stupid, but that throw lever on there, I mean, to not, you know, it, I'm sure somebody else makes one, and if they don't, I can't believe it just came out now, but to not have to grab that ring and try and move it, Rotate, just to do yeah. it with your finger, I don't know, it's hard to visually talk about what that, that but i think that thing's cool and it's a cheesy little you know probably a 50 dollars part or something like that but yeah I'm yeah no i'm i'm really excited about that gun because not only because of the scope because the one power is like nothing it's just open sights basically but you're still looking through a scope and you have a dot and it's illuminated but when you throw it and i think it changes at five maybe up to ten it changes reticles it's it crazy yeah it's awesome i'm excited so you, you'll be able to shoot that one to ten like you're saying out to several hundred yards even further which we don't do but i think i'm going to carry that and maybe just that you with the 22 250 me with that and if somebody else wants to come with the benelli or someone can just put that on their lap yeah you can put that on your lap that's glenn's you know, favorite caliber 12 gauge 12 gauge I figured that's where we were going to go with it. Yeah, you always have to have a shotgun on a coyote stand. Never leave home without it. I do. Was it us talking about pellet acne on here? As we so famously named it. You, yeah. you mentioned it yeah. last week. Yeah. I, I still think about it. that. No, I, I watch it every now and again when I'm looking for some clips that I'm you know editing with. I I always come across that and just holy smokes. That's probably your. Maybe everyone's. That might be the best footage ever captured as far as that goes. I mean... Just the whole hunt, too. Just not the, just the, 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 the kill shot. Just right. The three, the three dogs that, you know, they basically backdoored us almost and saw them up on that ridge line and what, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes went by and they had worked their, themselves all the way down around in front of us. Thought they got a good wind, but uh, I think the wind kind of switched coming up that hill and here come three dogs Five on, steps. On, a, on a rope. Man, it was just unreal. Mm. And the, the one, the, the the pellet acne dog, he right on the decoy. I mean, that's a that's a great stand. We haven't called and that don't, stand. Don't forget that turned into a double. You swung, yeah, you you swung, swung on that, on that one on, on the left. Yeah, yeah. We called that border brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah, it's two names: border brother and sister, and pellet acne. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, that was a good one. Besides twelve gauge, what's your favorite round, Clint? Well, I've always, I mean, yeah, through practice over the years, I know technology's changed, but we learned. You know, really, when we first started the 223, we would we would make a lot of really good shots, and you know, the dog did not dump on the ground like we want them to, and we had to you had to track them down every once in a while, and they were they were good shots, they were well placed shots. So, very seldom if we hit them in the right spot with the 22 250, they they go down, and that's just the best way to do it for for all the reasons you guys cited. Yeah, I would I would like to see a 22 250 AR15 or you know AR platform. 
Why not? I, I don't know why. There's very uh, only custom. I've only seen it in custom shops. I'm, the mass people don't do it, and I don't know why. I don't know if it has to do with the the length of the bullet versus the pin. I don't you know the action of that automatic or semi-auto in the AR. Or, but I don't know why they don't do it because. Yeah, I think it would be. Maybe there's just no demand for it. Maybe just right. guys that's like us want Maybe one. demand. That's what my thought is. But even if... It, it, yeah, I would... I've seen it before. I would I've, I've looked them up, and there's custom people that do it. Hmm. It's just the 223 is just, you know, 556. Five, it's just such a readily available ammo that, you know, that's what's going to go off the shelf more often than not. You're going to be able to find that ammo. And I think even from a military standpoint, you know, when you have your 308, your 223, that's, that stuff is just, it's pumped out of the factories at a but much higher rate than 22, 250. Thousands and thousands around. Yeah. And, and I just had a buddy, you know, text me the other day asking me, he want, he bought an AR-15 and, um, you know, I think even more nowadays that, you know, obviously gun sales are through the roof right now, but people are looking to that, that platform, that, you know, AR style. Less uh, John, or no, less Nesbitt, uh, our buddy, he's 79 now. The past two times he's been over here has started talking to me about getting one. He's been a bolt guy and everything his whole life. And he now says those would be, you know, kind of. Not useless, obviously, if anything happened, but he's been looking more into more of those and getting some more opinions. And now a 79-year-old guy wants to get an AR. Mm -hmm. Well, they're just, I mean, everyone that's ever shot one, they, there's no recoil to them. You know, they're they are simple to operate and all that stuff. You know, not that a, a bolt gun isn't, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for shot after shot after shot, you know, that's, yeah, you can't beat it. And let's, let's talk about AR. It's not assault rifle people it is and not. all you commie people out there that say AR is assault rifle. It is Armalite from the first company that made it. Okay, people? Armalite, not assault rifle. Your AR-14. It's the most commonly used freaking gun out there. Anywho, let's get back to something. I was going to say, turn this thing over to Paul. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I don't want my blood boiling. Well, the 10 cents I'd throw in, too, as far as the psychology of, of anything that we do, if it's a sport that we do, you know, but you find a gun that you're comfortable with, that's, that's going to probably be the reason you use that particular gun. But I would also, I've always likened bolt action versus a semi-automatic um, to the shotgun hunt. And I just, I've always felt much more comfortable with a pump shotgun versus a semi-automatic because it makes me uh, you know, really work and concentrate on that first shot more. And I, I think the same way with a bolt. I think if in, in somewhere in the back of your mind you're thinking, okay, I have a follow-up shot with my AR, well, if I've got a bolt in front of me, I'm going to concentrate that much more on that first shot and make it make it count. And I think that might be a reason why a lot of guys, it's just something that they grew up on. I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable with an AR. I really am not on, on a stand when, when all the action starts. So I, I think the psychology of it is something that we didn't throw in there, and I thought I'd throw it in. It's funny, it's funny because I grew up, Chuck running with, uh, uh, well, w when I became old enough, you know. 870 Wingmaster. Well, not a Wingmaster, no. but yeah, 870 Express. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and then my dad got a Benelli M1, I believe it was called, and it had a, um, it had, an, it, you know, it held eight rounds. And 
Benelli's claim to fame back in the day with that gun was you could shoot all eight rounds before the first shell casing touched the ground. And it, they would, it would come out like a rainbow, and that's how fast it operated. So then I started chuck hunting with that thing. Number one, I was carrying like two boxes of shells with me every time I went out because as soon as the birds would get up, I would just go boom, 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 boom. You know, just, you're before just you flock shooting aimed, because right? you, you figure, I got eight shots, I'm just going to lace it. And they're all. I became the worst shot ever because in my mind, in 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 a, a, a FYI, there is no, uh, you don't need a plug a plug when you hunt upland game in nevada um <laughs> but so yeah they would they would get up and i would just point the barrel into the flock and i would squeeze the trigger as fast as i could and and i i, I watched my success rate go down so i ended up actually getting a plug and just shooting three shots when i went chuck running with it because it just like you said that that in your mind if you're like well i've got a 30 round you know, magazine, or I've got eight, you know, in the, yeah. in the tube of this Benelli, eventually I'm going to hit something instead of focusing on what you're aiming at and hitting it. You know, so it's funny you brought that up because I experienced the exact same thing when I went from a pump to an automatic and it just so happened that automatic was a, uh, you know, an eight round tube on that Benelli. So that's funny. Yeah. Did you ever kill eight birds with eight shots? No, well, that would be over the limit. Thank for you. I was just, I'm, I'm just checking <laughs> but, your math, bud. But no, they uh, six not. is chucker, right? Six and twelve. Yeah, six. Yep. Did yep. you ever six kill pack. six out of eight? Never. No. I, I mean, I would double and and very rarely, uh, not very rarely, but triple. You know, I could still triple even today um, if I can get that first one on the ground. Chucker, <laughs> if I'm up on the mountain, you might be able to get me to triple, but I won't be up there. I, I got friends like you that hunt Chucker and a lot of other ones, but what they always say, Chucker hunters are walking proof that duck hunters are way smarter. And coyote hunters, we sit there and call things to us. Chucker hunters walk all over the mountain. They laugh at you from canyon to canyon, 10, 2, and 4, or whatever that, you yeah, know, at the water I'm good there if I drive and see them at 10, 2, and 4 on the water hole. Other than that, I'm calling things. I like I laugh at uh, when we went coyote hunting that day. And remember uh, that that covey of chucker walked across the road in front of us and friggin' I go, what? You know, let's, let's get out and chase them. You know, and Chad and Clay and Clint are like, no, <laughs> why would we do that? Uh, yeah, that's, that's stupid. stupid. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh man, good times out in the hills had by all. Especially me. <laughs> One time we were out calling on uh, Thanksgiving and uh, came across, uh, I mean, as, as steep of a mountain as you can get. I mean, nearly, nearly vertical. And we're pulled over on the side of the road, you know, eating a sandwich. And this dude pulls up and he goes, man, there's a bunch of chucker up there. We look up this mountain like, yeah, well, they're going to stay up there, too. Why would you ever go up there to do that? I'm going to change my tire and get on the way. Mm-hmm. So, 22-250 years now, favorite round. It is my favorite round, to, but I think I'm going to stick to that 223 with the new ammo that Federal came out with and the shotgun. So, you're making a change, basically, from the bolt. Not that you haven't. You're, are you going to commit to a full season of that AR? Yes. Ah. Commit to the full season in my hand. 
plus be, a lot because I, that scope is insane. I agree. I, Absolutely, I, I think insane. it's going to be a nice. It's going to be a game changer. I think. I yeah I I and do agree. Uncle Mel said last night that the numbers of coyotes are up this year. Mm. So I was already starting to think about where we're going to where we're going to go. Where's our first stand going to be? We won't say it out loud. And <laughs> I, I I have a feeling I know where the first legitimate hunt is going to take place and where the first legitimate stand is going to be. I think we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I... Uh, is it a character? It is. You're, you're a character, huh? Uh-huh. You're trying to be a character? A character. A character that's produced... Nah. Oh, my God. A lot of times. And produced where we've missed. Yeah. Where I've missed three times with a shotgun, lots of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, produced several back doors that... I mean, it's just... It's one of those. It's one of those stands. It it's, it looks very unassuming, really. Yep. And man, very I good. Like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm excited to get out this year. It's not, I, I'm I'm excited to hear the numbers are better. I mean, I past couple of years, past couple of years have been pretty stale here in the old uh, Battleborn State, the old Silver State. Yeah. We've uh, and even traveling a little bit's not been not been great. I mean, no, I've I've talked to a lot of people that numbers are been down. There's guys that kill them and, you know, doing night stuff and dogging and a whole bunch of stuff. and But we don't do that. And, yeah. you know, and, and even if there's are more coyotes, there's a lot more people doing it, too. And that has, you know, been the fault of, I mean, no one. Obviously, you put it on TV and show how fun it is. Let it be us or anybody else that films and hunts, um, you know, showing people how fun it is and to be able to keep your hunting season going when you get to fire one shot at a deer or one shot at an elk or whatever and your season's over, you get to extend hunting with coyote hunting. And in that, there's a lot of people doing it than there used to be, right. which is good to get more people in the sport, but not good in the aspect of if they don't know exactly what they're doing and learning, obviously you got to go out and do it to learn, but going out there and maybe just playing the same sound over and over again and educating every freaking dog in the country. Yeah. There might be coyotes there, but they're stale because everybody and their mother's doing it now and teaching them, you know, same old trick every time. Go hit play on a machine and go to the next stand. Right. And that is the, you know, I I, I even feel like we've, we've, you know, been guilty of being complacent in calling Doing coyotes. Stuff, you know, yeah. It, it it's easier to put the uh, the mojo out and hit the button, and you know. Uh, but then you think back to all the really good success stories we have. Most of them are mixes of e calls and hand calls, and or straight hand calling. You know, mm-hmm. different. No one's ever heard that. It's it's being created as it happens. You know, and I think you could talk about that for a long time. But I I, I wonder, and I think about nobody here is a biologist, but is the cycle of you know, life, the cycle of wildlife. Well, how, I've how always, much is that? Well, I've always heard, I think this is where you're going, but I don't again, I'm not a, like you said, a biologist or any, by no means, but seven, I think it's a seven year cycle. They said, and it goes with rabbits. Yeah. When rabbits, you know, they're obviously coyotes can have between two and 11, 15 pups in their litter. 
but they need rabbits to survive. So they might have all those pups, but then not have the food and they kill off however many or die off because they don't have enough food. So if they're, when the rabbit abundance is up in that seven year cycle, then more coyotes for everything. The, and, and, and I think I've also heard that you and you'll under, you'll know this too, like chickens. So if you don't feed a chicken, you know, they'll, they'll, restrict their their egg production not that if you don't feed them but if you feed them less say or you forget to feed them or so whatever they, they won't produce and i've heard that coyotes can adapt the same way you know the they they no they there's sense only the, the lack of food or, or maybe it's just that they don't get the caloric intake to have nine but or whatever. so they're they'll actually not even have as many pups you know if it's a down year of rabbits they yeah. might only have one or two pups because that's what Instinct, you know, their instinct tells them that's what I can provide for. And I, I, uh, interesting. No, I've heard, I've heard, it's funny. I just, just the other day I was listening to a radio program, had nothing to do with hunting. They were talking about all the increased sightings of coyotes with the coronavirus. Just people aren't out and about as much. And there <laughs> just seems to be an invasion of coyotes. And so they got on the topic of that and they have, they've studied that canine in general, but that's exactly what it is. And it's probably true of, of all of your wild animals, you know, yeah. prey animals, deer, deer on down that exactly if it's, if it's a dry winter, and there's not going to be as much growth. They actually have the ability biologically to shut their body down and only have two pups in that litter. They're going to have a litter. They're not going to. They're not going to completely shut off their reproductive cycle. But they're going to. They're going to definitely have less pups that year. Um, I'd imagine in the fawn world, it's probably the same thing. But definitely with coyotes, because they're you know that the more mouths to feed is the tougher it is to, to survive. Mm-hmm. So between the seven year cycle of the rabbits, which typically is related to this disease, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they're really prone to, to jackrabbits. They're very prone to just dying off about every seven years because some disease spreads around and then the coyotes are going to adjust in those seven years. If we've got a couple of dry winters, like we've had, no wonder the, <laughs> the numbers are down. There's still coyotes out there. They're a bit more educated, but also there's just the, the numbers of new pups that are being born have definitely been down the last three years based For on sure. biology yeah. and just based on, on the environment. It, it is funny. Uh, it, my parents are, uh, stay, they live out at the near the Red Hawk golf course, which is a golf course here in town backs up to the desert. And, uh, they follow some neighborhood you know, a uh, uh, notification, yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, my dad usually will send me, you know, a screenshot of, you know, saw a coyote in the neighborhood, saw two coyotes in the neighborhood, missing two small dogs from the back. You know, they, they, that activity around that golf course has increased. Well, I text you guys a picture that my mom the took. Nine? Yeah, just all on a tee box. They have a den there. Laying there. And, and Clint's got a video of, you know, uh, one of the dogs playing with a golf ball, like a, like a, like a human. Chew toy. Like a, I just said like a human dog. We came <laughs> over, we came over the ridge and our, the guy I was playing with, our drives were nowhere near each other. And there's two balls were about 10 yards apart from each other. And here's this coyote. He had just, he had just come up there and, you know, basically fetched one of our golf balls, dropped it there. So yeah, we stood there and I think I threw about 15 balls to him and he'd go out and fetch them and he'd kind of bring them back about halfway and get a little closer each time and drop them. And I'd throw another golf ball. We ended up having 10 or 15 golf balls. You have video there. of that? I took some video. I never, I've phone, never yeah. seen that and yeah. never heard that story. Well, just, oh, yeah, I was cool. just at the driving range the other day. There's, there's two of them. There's one that comes right across the driving range. There's guys hitting yellow balls out there and the things out there running around it's a little pub fetching the balls up trying to get hit and then another one comes out of the bush you know basically in the evening time and they're just they lay out there in the middle of the balls and 
depending on how many golfers are out there on the driving range. They're very domesticated. Yeah. Very domesticated around there. I remember I played a tournament out there and uh they they tend to at least I I see them more up on where the golf course goes kind of up into the hills of the desert and uh so it was a shotgun start so we 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 were the first guys out on the golf course so no one had been out there yet so we came around like the the back of this hole basically and uh it was kind of an elevated tee box and down on the fairway that you could see like four or five of them young pups playing around on the fairway and when it was funny when we when when you could start to see and the activity started on the golf course uh it would it would i assume this these dogs mom you know was up on this hillside kind of in the sagebrush and no verbal or no verbal no audible you know but those pups knew as soon as the golfer showed up and they ran right over to their mom and she you know disappeared into the the sagebrush with them is pretty cool but you know they're so they're down there playing around and goofing around and then when when the people show up they disappear you know it's really cool i like to see uh i'd like to see what a uh call would be like out there on the old golf course weird. i don't i've always you always talk, think about that but they eat so many non prey animals like that, left like a rabbit dogs. they oh. you know the groundhogs out there the cats and the dogs the geese and the ducks true and so i don't know i mean obviously a coyote most likely is going to react to some type of distressed animal regardless of what it is but when there's so such an abundance of food there and different food than what obviously there's rabbits there too they're eating them but they're so fat and happy I don't. Why would you ever leave that? Because they know they can get their next meal very easily, one way or the other. Yeah, it, like you said, I think their instincts would hopefully kick in. I don't know. That's why I'd like to see it. So we're gonna go around one time, talk about, go through it one more time. Yours is gonna be this year, twenty two two fifty with. Let's name her right now. Let's name this. Even though you're stealing Chase's gun, what is? this gun going to be called this year? Uh, so with its new paint job, American flag, I'm going to name her Betsy, like old Betsy Ross. I think that's a, I mean, it's used. I'm not, I'm not going for the original factor. Maybe I don't want to name it Ross. I don't want to be carrying a dude around out there. So uh, yeah, Betsy, I'm going to go Betsy? with Betsy. Yeah. I like it. Betsy. I, I'm going to think of mine. Yours is a little bit more tactical. You got what color did you guys paint that thing? Like an olive. No, the it's, paint is not the word. It's right? vortex bronze. There's what's the other color? ODE. Yeah. What is that? It's, it's like, like a green, greenish. So, so kind of a tactical military. Hmm. Vortex bronze and ODE. Hmm. I'm gonna, brown and green. Clint, what are you going to name the camera? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little insight. Uh, right Clint's going to name it can, uh, Panasonic. Yeah, Pana. Uh, and what's the shotgun's name? We got to name our guns this year again. I think Clint should name the shotgun. Okay, we, you'll draw we'll, up a name. For I'll you. draw up a name for my. And I got Betsy. You got Betsy. Old Betsy Ross. For those of you that don't know, she wrote the Star Spangled Band. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Maybe she sewed the first flag. She there was a seamstress. That a boy. Possibly George Washington's ex girlfriend too. We we don't know the the. That's how he got his wooden leg. Yeah, the, his teeth were made of wool. Oh, 
Wood. <laughs> Anywho, all right. Well, we'll I'll think of my next. My, my gun's name here, maybe in the next couple podcasts, we'll talk about that. But I'm going to go all year round with my 5.56 five, with the new Vortex 1 to 10 on it. Maybe you should put that on social media. Let the, let the people name your let, gun. All right. I'll do that. Are we going to get a new Benelli? Are we going to go with the old pistol grip? Tried it's hard, hard to beat that M2 pistol grip. She's got some rounds through there. Yeah, she is. Might have to give her a little tune-up. You're going to go 22-250, Betsy. Oh, yeah. Clint's going to go with the 12-gauge Benelli. He'll get a name out going for that, too. Splatter-ass. That scatter gun. Splatter-ass? Scatter. Scatter. Scatter gun. There's something there. Okay. So that's it. 22-250. We're going to do it all. We'll report back and let you know 22 a 223, and a shotgun. We'll see what the best at the end of the year. We'll see. We'll keep track this year. Maybe Clint should throw a 204 in there. No. I'm going to go one each, 22, 250, 223, 12 gauge, and we're going to see how many each kill this year. And at the end of the year, what, whoever gets it, gets it, gets, gets a prize. What do we the, do? The other person has to make them a rack of ribs with an agave soak. Ooh. Do not forget the agave Don't soak. Don't forget the agave in the, all over the I place. know. Everyone knows that. It's not a, little, a big secret. Do you put a little honey very, in there with it? That's basically. You don't need to. You don't need to, but. Ah. No, agave. That's it. Guys like well, I'm putting a guarantee down right now that shotgun will kill more coyotes than... Ooh. It'd be very tough to go against that shotgun in a good year. So many... We've killed a lot of coyotes with that shotgun. They typically come step right on your boots. uh, Yep. When when life is good, I should say. All right. Well, that's it. All right. On to the next. Thank you all for uh, listening, enjoying. Give us your feedback online. Tell us what your favorite caliber is. Send Clay an email about uh, how good your agave ribs were. <laughs> See it the best of the rest. Best of the rest? Best of the West. Best you know, of the West. Yeah. What else did we cover today? You want to talk about politics? No. Coronavirus? We did a little bit of all. I like to touch on everything. Any Hooters, we'll see you next time. See ya, folks. See ya, folks.